1: we're talking real money Oh no not again. It's another 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 sad day. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are mourning the demise of the 6040 portfolio yes? Balanced funds no longer work. Balanced portfolios no longer work. Apparently, diversification no longer works, according to a recent article in the Wall Street Journal. And of course, the Wall Street Journal is the Bible of money. So, friends, join me in mourning the death of the 6040 once again. It's <laughs> kind of sad, Tom.
2: You know, the 6040 though has been killed off more times than. The, you know Tom Brady's career.
1: I was wondering what metaphor you were going for there. I you know I, I can't I, use I really, the other
2: one because I get in trouble for that one. So <laughs> I'm not gonna you, mention it again.
1: You get in trouble for a lot of things. That's
2: true. That's so true. Tom,
1: is the sixty forty dead?
2: Well that's a tough question. I mean no, no it is is not. The short it's short an answer. easy question. I know. okay but let's let's just walk through this article because I find it to be a bit pornographic. Not the pornographic
1: and a cheesecake a Not
2: sexual. Yeah, cheesecake is. Pardon me. I mean because here, right? Remember, off the we bat. didn't
1: we promise we would yes, say we investment That's cheesecake good. from That's now on. Good. So, some children in the backseat of thank a car you. while Dad's listening yes, to the podcast um, don't okay. embarrass Dad. Remember? Good point.
2: Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, Dad. Maybe they've all grown up by now. That was a long right. time. It's been ago. a while.
1: <laughs> and you don't know, wait before you go yeah. into this. The mm. thing that I find fascinating is that this information comes to us. From the Luthold group, the Lutold group, this is a group, you may not know this, this is very inside the industry, but back in the late 70s, the Lutold group ran ads, literally ran ads saying that indexing was un-American. They compared it to communism.
2: They may have been right, by the way. We don't know until we don't. Nah, I'm kidding. They're not right. Okay, let's thank you for that background, because this is a fat. This is a very lengthy piece. I don't know, fifteen hundred words or something,
1: and lots of graphs,
2: and lots of graphs, and the, but the, the the third paragraph really says it all, because they talk about despite a recent powerful rally. The S&P 500, this is their 60-40. The S&P 500 mm-hmm. is down year-to-date about 15%, and it still is about that as of this recording. And then bonds have lost money too. So 60% of your money invested in u.s stocks we'll talk about that in a minute 40 percent in the 10 year u.s treasury note has lost 15 percent this year okay just to stop it right there first of yeah, all so that we make please, sure we're being honest
1: this is cherry picking a little it bit is, right?
2: it is it is exactly that because you know and you know because you've listened to this podcast and listened to us for years we have told you for 25 years that you need to be globally diversified. And even domestically, the S&P 500 is not enough diversification. You got to own small companies, you got to own small value, all those things. Because if you look at the globally diversified stock portfolio and then bonds, which are not just the 10-year note, because that's probably too lengthy. It's down eight and a half percent, not 15. Now, wait, again,
1: we need to make sure we 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 give the data that supports this. This is not your typical total market index nope. like VT. Nope. Nope. This is it. This is a portfolio that is globally diversified, but tilts towards small companies and tilt toward value because we believe in that value, uh, small tilt, which we're going to talk about in a later uh, program. But the fact of the matter is If you were properly diversified the way we believe you should be diversified based on academic research, the results would have been nowhere near as depressing.
2: No, they would not have been. So 15, no way, eight and a half, yes. But here's the thing. What happens is people look at their statements and there's a president of a a company called Creative Planning, which is a large firm in our business. And he points out that what's shocking investors is there's no place to hide everything on the statement. And he uses this expression, blood red, which I think is a poor expression. But
1: mm-hmm. well, the idea is
2: cheesecake the idea here is sort of nothing is working. And generally, and we had this discussion. I had this discussion with a family member yesterday. Generally, generally, they're not attached. But, you know, most of the time kind of when stocks go down, bonds hold their own value or sometimes even go up because they did in 2008, they did in 2020. So people think, well, wait a minute, bonds should making be making money. And bonds have had a very difficult year. And An in intermediate term bond fund, index type fund, is down between about 10 and 13% year to date. This has been a strange year because of the interest rate hikes, which have pushed those bond prices down. So I don't like the article because I think it is cheesecake-ish, I don't like the article because I think what it does is it creates nervousness, doubt. doubt. Yeah. People think, well, I, and by the way, here's my take on the whole thing. Number 1, you we've heard you've heard us discuss this. Your asset allocation whether it's 60/40, 70/30, 80/20 whatever it is is about you, not about the current market condition. The current market condition will change next week, next year. We don't know what that is. You have to have, as I've said in classes before, the column 60-40, 70-30, whatever asset allocation for you and your family. Um, number two, again, and with this lunch over with a family member yesterday, I told him the story. And he's like, Well, wait, the only thing you should be the ner- only time you should be nervous about this is if you're drawing more than say 5% a year off your portfolio and your portfolio is down eight and a half, nine, ten percent 9 10%, then you could be nervous. But otherwise, why do you care? Because even if you're retired, your retirement should be lasting 10 or 20 years. And if you're accumulating, in other words, if you're putting money into a 401k or, or adding to your Roth IRA or putting it in a taxable account, any of those things hey, you like both stocks and bonds being down because you're buying more shares at lower prices. So the 60-40 is not dead, certainly not in my mind. Um, Is there no place to hide this year? Kind of, but the whole point is a loss of eight and a half, nine, ten, 10, even up to 15, if you believe the Wall Street Journal, is not catastrophic for most of us. Again, only if you're taking money out should it be and a lot of money out. Should that really make you nervous? So I don't like the article. I don't like the idea of, uh, of scaring people. I think that's what this does. It's that's what people. it's
1: designed to yeah, do. And it, you, it's, it's a
2: headline Greg.
1: Exactly. It is designed to get your attention. That is what it is all about. And here's the thing. I disagree that there was nowhere to hide. Remember prior to 2022 2021 2022 we had a a more than a decade almost 15 years in which people said well why am i in value stocks why am i in value stocks and we said over and over again you're in value stocks because there will come a time when those value stocks will bail you out same thing we've said about international and guess what in 2022 those small and value stocks bailed you out. They took your average annual return from a negative 15 all the way up to a negative eight. That is some place to hide when you think about it. And the other thing is, come on, these are less than one year numbers. You can't make any, any judgment, any future decision based on one year numbers. That is just a fool's errand.
2: It is indeed. And I think uh, Nobel prize winner, Gene Fama once said, never look at any number less than 10 years. It's useless noise. I think that's a very good and way to 10 put is it. is still Don't. noise. 10 is still, you know, I think Gene would prefer to look at things over a hundred years, uh, which, which he definitely does when he does his fine work. So you're absolutely right. And I, I think the time period way too short. And again, This is something that has worked for a very long period of time. I would not throw it out today because it's had a difficult, you know, eleven months in 2022.
1: Yeah, and 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 beware of making comparisons too to the recent past. In 2008, they point out in this article, bonds offset um, uh, about almost half of the loss in stocks. Yet your total loss. You see, this is the thing they, they play this little game with, with statistics. They're saying, well, in 2008, you got saved by bonds. Bonds trimmed 20% off your loss. Well, if your loss was 50%, it was still a negative 30, which is far worse than what we see today.
2: Indeed, it far worse. We've had other periods of time, 2001, 2002. Uh, There's again, this is a silly exercise. Yeah. And as you pointed out, short period of time. And the only people, again, should be really concerned if you're drawing down a lot of your portfolio and the market's going down, that's a reason to reevaluate your plan and maybe your asset allocation. Otherwise, it doesn't matter.
1: And, you know, it's funny. The, the information is just exactly what I would expect, given the source, again, which is why I mentioned the Lutold Group. Uh, this is something they do. They're always out looking for headlines
2: and they got one here.
1: They got. By one the way,
2: here. they're not the first people to write that this year. There have been others who've written this as you know because we've talked about it right here on this podcast. So, stay mm-hmm. the course is my take.
1: All right. Now, we want to inform you that it is encouraged That you ask questions of us. We love answering questions. And you can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 855-935-TALK and leave your questions. Or you can go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the contact form, and type up a question or... Record your voice, actually, which we like better. But you have some written ones now, Tom, right? I do. This one comes
2: from Chuck. He says, I'm a believer in index instead of managed funds, but have noticed that the average performance of indexing doesn't apply to international funds, ETFs, as much as it does to domestic funds. Your take.
1: I I wish I knew where you got that data because that is not my experience with actual data. when I look at, for example, uh, according to Standard and poors, the average U.S large cap equity fund over 10 years um, outperformed 90% or 90% of the SN, uh, the the, uh, the actively managed funds. Ninety percent of actively managed funds were outperformed just by the S and P 500. When you look at Europe during that same period, eighty-eight percent, so pretty close, of active funds underperformed the S and P Europe 350. So the numbers don't back that statement up. And what bothers me is we had the, we had a call about this on Saturday, uh, in a Monday or Tuesday podcast, about somebody saying, "Well, I I can find actively managed funds." that are outperforming even after their high fees. So how do you explain that? The fact of the matter is, anecdotally, you can find examples of all kinds of things. And yes, there are international funds, actively managed, that are outperforming their indexes, but those funds are more likely, much more likely, according to massive amounts of research, they are much more likely to be outperforming because of luck. That the managers just got lucky than skill, but we don't like attributing things to luck. We would rather think that somebody was really smart. When somebody wins the lottery, even we go, "Well, how did you pick those numbers?" Somebody it's really totally
2: random sat down and figured it out. You know, I mean, again, this has been one of those things—a myth, I think. That first of all, in tra- markets that are not as traded as much, the S and P 500. Traditionally, people have said, "Well, that's hard to beat that index because everybody's in it." But when you start moving your way to, you know, smaller companies, value companies, international companies, well, you can trade those because there's inefficiencies you can take advantage of. Don just pointed out the numbers. Frankly, when I got this note uh, from Chuck, I thought, what are you from Mars or something? And then I realized actually, yeah, he is from Marsh, Pennsylvania. Oh, you, know, so you
1: I, didn't I, use I, I that said, joke. I'm sorry. You so. didn't use that. I cannot believe you used <laughs> anyway. I didn't think you you mentioned it before the show, but never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined you would you would stoop so low.
2: Maybe it's time as for to a use vacation. The Mars
1: joke. Maybe it's time for you to go to Qatar. <laughs> I
2: think
1: a long I think you way should be banished. <laughs> I think you should be banished to the Saudi Arabian desert. <laughs> I think you're right. Maybe Arabian some of that
2: desert. sand will blow in my ears and fix uh, things. And by so. the way,
1: just to add to that, your your argument's right about the inefficiency. You know, people think that overseas markets are less efficient. Let me just use one a developed market, but a, a small one now these days anyway, and that's Japan. Eighty six percent of funds underperformed the S and P Japan index. It, you see it over and over again. You see it in Canada. Oh, wait a minute. You even see it in Mexico, 80% out, 78% outperform. Wow. Or underperform, I should say. Underperform. South Africa. An index. 73% underperform. India, 68% underperform. So over and over again, we're seeing the majority of active funds underperform indexes, even in less efficient markets. So. That argument just right out the window. Right. Gone. Uh, Before you get on a plane and uh, go to Qatar, uh, how many hours is it, by the way?
2: Qatar. Qatar. No, some say Qatar. Some say Qatar. No, Qatar, you you sound old. That's old pronunciation. No, it used
1: to. When I was young, it was Qatar. And then Uh, people started pronouncing it Qatar.
2: Who was the last guy ever won an argument with? Don McDonald. So I'm going to let that go. Nobody. Nobody. No reason to argue. Where um, are you going? Wait. Doha. Doha, Qatar, Wait. Doha, Qatar. Hold on a minute. Yes.
1: I'm, I'm doing something. No, you can explain your trip. You're going to the world cup.
2: Yes. I will be going with my son, uh, Taylor, and we're going to see, uh, you know, some soccer games out in the desert as you pointed out.
1: So. Oh, you're going with your
2: son. Yeah. Well, he's huh. a soccer guy too. So. All know, right. Here we
1: go. Living. Mystery solved. Okay. Hit me. How to pronounce. Q A T A R. Yes. This is, uh, let's see, uh, Qatar, Qatar. Brits occasionally go Qatar. Some Americans are settled on Qatar. Um, uh, 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 pronunciation because it uses two letters that only, aha. Uh-huh. The accepted pronunciation, yes. according to the Qatari government, uh-huh. is Qatar.
2: Okay, so I feel better all the way around. I want to make sure I pronounce it right because I don't want to end up in like an Islamic jail. The closest something.
1: English word, it's really hard to say. It's actually Qatar or something. But the closest English word is guitar. So there you go. I'll make You're sure right. I
2: got that. Finally. So you anyway, won. yes, we're gone for a few days. Going to go over and watch some soccer and should be a great so, time.
1: Does that mean that if people call... Opella Wealth. They can't talk to you then. No, they gone? can still
2: talk to me. No, we, just go ahead and call. I'll make it happen.
1: You're going to talk to them from from probably Qatar?
2: because we're you know going to see a game every basically almost every day. But other than that, I'll be just sitting out well, in 88 degree weather. So sure, it'll why be not? the
1: middle of the night when they call you. Though remember,
2: I I haven't figured out the whole time. It's like a one day ahead plus certain number of hours. It's very weird. So anyway, yeah, call me. <laughs> And yeah, by the way, thank you for all, so many people have called the last two weeks. I don't know what we said a couple weeks ago, but I've talked to people all over this great country known as, I think I got this right, the United States. Did I pronounce that right? So um, take advantage of that. We are happy to look at your portfolio, your situation, give you an hour of free time with one of our advisors and make sure you're on the right track. So um, you can go online uh, to talkingrealmoney.com and click on Ask. An advisor? No, no meet I, an advisor. Meet an, meet advisor. an advisor. Yes. And, uh, or call 800-386-3004. Many of you do. Now we
1: are recording this at, uh, 1022 AM Eastern time. It is currently just so you know, Tom, 621 PM in Doha.
2: Okay. So don't call me after about, uh, well, although the games are at 10 o'clock at night. So don't time. call
1: you after, oh, really? They're 10 yeah. o'clock at night, local yeah. time.
2: Nah, it's weird. I'll have to change wow. my body clock because you know what time, you know what? Normally I'm doing at 10 o'clock at night and it does not involve being awake. All right, so,
1: so, so really don't call, uh, uh, you can call in the morning.
2: Yeah, good idea,
1: yeah. Whether right, whichever coast good
2: you're good on. Deal. There you go. All so right. take advantage All of that. We're happy to help.
1: Hey, thank you all for being a part of our little podcast. We uh, will probably provide you with another one really soon. Oh, programming note. Uh, there will be no podcasts over the four-day Thanksgiving weekend. So there won't be a uh, podcast on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, we don't do a Saturday or Sunday podcast, so it doesn't matter anyway. So just want to let you know there will be a, a few shows missing because I'm going to take some time off and see family while Tom is uh, is world cupping.
2: Is that a thing? World yeah, that's cupping. a thing.
1: It's like well, it's like a world massage technique where they, they world cup you. I
2: think you should do that with your British accent. I think it sound really good.
1: Do what with my British accent?
2: The world cupping thing.
1: Oh, you know, I think it's time for a bit of a world cupping. Tom.
2: No, I need you need to say, I think
1: it's time for Tom to do a bit of world cupping. It's time for Tom to do a bit of world cupping, ladies and gentlemen. Have a lovely- perfect. I have, a, have, a, have a wonderful time being world captured in, uh, in <laughs> lovely Qatar.
2: I'm going to listen to that over and over again on my 14-and-a-half-hour plane trip.
1: Downloading a ton of podcasts. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for being there. Have a great one. We'll talk to you really soon. I'm Don. That's Tom. We hang out talking real money.
0: We-